Welcome into Outkick the Show, Thursday edition. I hope all of you are having fantastic early starts, potentially, to your weekend. Uh, I am excited to uh, to get to the weekend because I'm going to go up to Knoxville and watch Tennessee play against Notre Dame. I'll talk a little bit about that and my newfound obsession and love for uh, the college baseball playoff um, tournament. All of that and more coming your direction, but I want to start with the fallout surrounding an assassination attempt on Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh. So for those of you out there who uh, have not been paying attention or just maybe have been paying attention, but your favorite news sources are not covering this, an armed man flew all over the country from California to the East Coast and showed up outside of the Chevy Chase, Maryland home of Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh. For those of you who know the Washington, D.C. area, Montgomery County, borders Washington, D.C. on the north. And many people who work in Washington, D.C. live in either that southern Maryland uh, part of D.C. area or in northern Virginia. Obviously, I know it decently because I went to college in D.C., love the city, have spent a lot of time up there over the years. So, guy shows up with a gun, armed to be able to also break into Brett Kavanaugh's house, tells authorities his intent is to assassinate Brett Kavanaugh to keep him from overturning Roe v. Wade based on the leaked opinion that is out there. This is a monstrously huge story. I'm not just saying that because I'm a lawyer. I'm not just saying that because I'm a history buff. Assassination attempts like this, designed to overturn existing Supreme Court opinions, which are not yet published, is frankly unheard of. It is one of the biggest stories that has ever occurred surrounding our judiciary in general. It made the 20th page of the New York Times newspaper this morning. Now, some of you out there are going to say, and I've talked about this for a long time, I still get two newspapers delivered in the physical print copy to my house every day. I get the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal. Uh, Because I want to make sure that I am seeing the world through a broad prism. Obviously, I read all day, like many of you do, on my phone. But in general, I enjoy still reading a newspaper. Been reading newspapers my whole life and have spent an inordinate amount of time with newspapers flipping through and reading them. 20th page of the newspaper this morning is a write-up about Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh, a man attempting to assassinate him. It is, last night, I went and checked the 26th story on CNN.com. That is, on the day that there was an attempted assassination of Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh, CNN determined that there were 25 stories more important than that. The Washington Post, and I'll talk about this in a little bit, had a story about the attempted assassination of Brett Kavanaugh alongside of a story about Washington Commander's defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio's opinion on January 6th. In other words, a random guy in the world of NFL coaching, his opinion on January 6th in a summer of riots and protests 
was considered to be the equivalent of an attempted assassination of a Supreme Court justice. MSNBC, the New York Times, the Washington Post, CNN, they all conspired to treat this story as if it were not a significant story worthy of coverage. And the result is there are tens of millions, maybe even 100 million or more people who will not even know that for the first time in American history, there was a direct assassination attempt made on Brett Kavanaugh's life in order to try to ensure that his opinion on a case before the Supreme Court did not become law. On top of that, this left-wing activist was motivated by being able to find the home addresses of Supreme Court justices, including Kavanaugh online, which is being published by left-wing activists who continue to protest outside of these justices' homes. Joe Biden and his administration have refused to condemn this, even though trying to intimidate a justice to change their opinion on a case is a violation of federal law. Even last night, after an assassination attempt, protesters still showed up outside of Brett Kavanaugh's home, where he lives, by the way, with two young daughters and his wife. I want to make this clear. Regardless of what your politics are, I believe protesting outside of someone's home is wrong, period. Okay? So, understand that while this left-wing loon may have been crazy, may have had mental issues, his intent was logical. His intent was to decapitate the Supreme Court and allow his own preferred party to then replace the man, Brett Kavanaugh, that he intended to kill by bringing in a justice who would comport with Joe Biden and the Democrat Party's overall ideals. This was a direct attempt at insurrection, at overthrowing the Supreme Court of the United States, motivated by a left-wing lunatic who took his guide from online postings of homes, may well have been influenced by Chuck Schumer standing out in front of the White House, by Jen Psaki, by Joe Biden, by Merrick Garland. Again, crazy's going to crazy. Almost zero discussion about this. Not covered, by and large, in the mainstream media. Despite the fact that the intent was to decapitate the existing Supreme Court Uh, nine justices, replace one of them with a chosen justice by Biden and his majority in the Supreme Court in the event of a tie that would be broken by Kamala Harris. This is a huge, monstrous, incredibly significant story. And I just want you to recognize that while it's not being covered, 20th page of the print newspaper in the New York Times this morning, 26th story on the CNN website, I just want you to think about what the reaction would have been had there been a right-wing lunatic who showed up before she died outside of Ruth Bader Ginsburg's home, who showed up outside of Justice Sotomayor's home, who showed up outside of Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson's home and was intending, or Elena Kagan, and was intending to kill one of these liberal Supreme Court justices based on their opinions. It would have been on the front page. It would 
be a primary story for years. Donald Trump himself would be blamed for it. If you voted for Donald Trump, you would be blamed for it. All of it would be on the front pages of the paper. Everybody would be talking about it. Brett Kavanaugh attempted assassination already buried as if it never happened. Memory hold because it's left-wing violence motivated by left-wing insanity and that doesn't fit the preferred narrative of the New York Times, the Washington Post, CNN, or MSNBC. So instead of addressing it, sharing that story, allowing their audience to be exposed to it, they memory hole it and pretend it doesn't exist at all. Speaking of memory holing, simultaneously, and I'll watch it tonight so you don't have to, there's a hearing on the January 6th event in Washington 18 months after it happened. My position on this has been pretty clear and transparent for as long as I remember, and it is that if you riot, you deserve to have to pay the consequences for your riot. Whether you're rioting in a city in response to the George Floyd situation or whether you're rioting because you're angry about the way the election came out and the fact that you believe that election was rigged or stolen. You don't have the right to behave in a violent fashion no matter what your political motivations are. I know this is radical. I know this is revolutionary. But I believe that regardless of your political beliefs, you should be charged with a crime when you commit a violent crime. We still don't know, by the way, what motivated hundreds of riots all over the country, motivated is the wrong word, who facilitated hundreds of riots all over the country. We know that Democrats actually encouraged them. We know that their allies in the media described them as mostly peaceful protest, even as police buildings burned in the background, even as billions of dollars in property damage were unleashed, even as police officers were attacked in massive numbers, even as deaths occurred in all of these hundreds of riots taking place during the summer, while Democrats were paying for violent criminals to be bailed out of jail in the event they were arrested during these protests. We still don't know what the facilitator or who the facilitator was of all these protests. And oh, by the way, do you remember all of the windows boarded up as we got ready for the election of 2020 to occur? It was an implicit threat all over the country that if Donald Trump was re-elected president, there were going to be riots all throughout America in the event that he ended up retaining the presidency of the United States. So we got this January 6th hearing, which may be the worst scheduled hearing of all time because it's on in prime time tonight. Uh, By the way, I'll be on Fox News, I think, just a little bit before this hearing begins because Fox News just said, look, way more people are going to watch our programming probably than will watch all of this Jan 6th programming almost combined. But when you look at the Jan 6 programming, guys, tomorrow we're getting brand new inflation numbers for May. So whatever the discussion is tonight, and I would just point this out, by the way, the House has time to have a hearing on an 18-month-old riot, but they still haven't had the time to actually act on a Senate bill that has passed 
that would provide more protection to the Supreme Court in the wake of the leak that has literally put a target on Supreme Court justices where there are now assassination attempts being made on their lives. They don't have the time to act on that, but they have the time to have a primetime hearing on January 6th, 18 months after it happened. But you want to talk about looking tone deaf. The price of gas hit $5 a gallon today. The highest gas prices have ever been in the history of the United States. The price of gas and inflation overall acts as a default uh, tax increase on the people who can least afford it all over this country. They're going to have this hearing tonight on a day when gas prices hit an all-time high before the morning when we find out that inflation is still somewhere around at least 8%. And they're expecting people to talk about 18-month-old riots while they are dealing with the continued transitory impact of inflation five months out from a midterm election. This is a failure of epic proportions. The inability to even understand what basic Americans are dealing with right now and what they want politicians to focus on is truly endemic right now in the Democratic Party. They have no idea how to address the vast majority of the American public, white, black, Asian, Hispanic, who want safer streets, lower inflation, their kids back in school, safe borders, and, you know what, some level of competence out there. Which is why I think this January 6th hearing is going to fall flat on its face and be an embarrassment for Democrats who are still flailing to try to find something to focus on other than all of the incompetence of the Biden administration. Hey, Clay Travis here. We'll be right back. But first, here's a word. Jack Del Rio, I mentioned him a little bit earlier that the Washington Post covered and carried stories suggesting that Jack Del Rio's opinion on January 6th was the equivalent in terms of interest, of an attempted assassination of a Supreme Court justice. Jack Del Rio came out and talked about January 6th, then raised a question that I think the majority of Americans are fine being raised. He asked the question, hey, how come we're having an 18-month investigation into one riot in particular in, on January 6th, but we've never really had any examination at all on the months of riots that took place all over this country? And Jack Del Rio later had to come out and and apologize for what he said and the way it was covered. But the message that was sent is very clear here. And I've been arguing this for a long time, and I get proven right time after time after time. What happens in sports is, if you step outside of the left-wing agenda, if you dare to think for yourself and ask a question like Jack Del Rio just did, Heck, if you dare to think like the Tampa Bay Rays players do and say, hey, I don't really want to wear a pride flag on my shirt, then you get overwhelmingly attacked. Until you're forced to apologize, they want to send a message to everyone in sports about what is permitted and what is not permitted to say. You can endorse far left-wing radical politics And you get praised by the sports media. You come out and say America is an awful racist country, the worst place ever. Sports media cheers you. You say you're not going to visit the White House. You say you're not going to stand for the national anthem. You're a hero. You ask a simple question like Jack Del Rio did. Hey, how come 
We haven't had a hearing into the hundreds of riots that took place all summer long that caused billions of dollars in damages, that cost many lives, that led to a ton of injuries for police officers. Why don't we know who facilitated that? Why don't we know how that came to occur? And you treat it equivalently, which is fair, in my opinion, with the riot that happened on January 6th. You heard me say earlier, all rioters should be treated evenly and equally under the law, regardless of what their motivation was. When you do what Jack Del Rio did, people come after you in big numbers. And they try to shut you down because you aren't allowed to ask basic questions like Jack Del Rio did. So I give credit to Jack Del Rio for what he said before he apologized. Because right now, he's asking questions that legitimately deserve to be answered and deserve to be asked at minimum. He did absolutely nothing wrong at all. Okay? So that is what I would say about Jack Del Rio. We need more people like Jack Del Rio, except we need him to stand behind what they say instead of apologizing in the face of a mob that doesn't have any interest in actually seeing you apologize. All they want you to do is bow down before them and kiss the ring of their particular opinions. Uh, Okay, I told you that I am headed, well, I'll talk about CWS here in a moment. Uh, The Live Tour kicked off. Uh, The Live Tour, London, going head-to-head with the PGA. We talked about the fact they got five of the top 15 biggest audience in terms of the PGA. Uh, Ricky Fowler, uh, they've got Graham McDowell. That's not one of them, but he's a good guy. Uh, They've got Phil Mickelson, they've got Dustin Johnson, they've got Bryson DeChambeau, Patrick Reed. Those guys have all left the PGA. Well, the minute that they teed off in London this morning, the PGA Tour came out and said, these guys are banned for life. Kind of, right? Like They they, they basically said, oh, you're banned, you're not going to be able to play in PGA-related events. Banned for life's the wrong phrase, I shouldn't have said that. Banned for some indeterminate period at this point in time. Here's the thing. If I ran a sports television network, I would be negotiating like crazy to try to get the live broadcasts on my network. Heck, we'll cover it like crazy at OutKick because we like to cover golf. And I don't begrudge any athlete who made the choice as a golfer to go play on the live tour as opposed to staying on the PGA tour. Uh, They are able to go make their own choices just like athletes are in other sports when it comes to maximizing the best possible money for they and their family. And look, this whole Saudi Arabian focus, as I've been telling you all week, is the PGA using the sports media to do their dirty work. And let me tell you, I know a little bit about the sports media. As one of the members of the sports media with the biggest audience out there, who has built one of the biggest sports media companies from independence to sell that is out there, There are really three of us who are content guys, Bill Simmons, Portnoy, and me, in terms of building substantial businesses that were bought, right? I understand the sports media, whether you love or hate me. Every one of these sports writers who is showing up at these press conferences and suddenly grilling all of these golfers, the same dudes who never ask questions about the NBA in China, The same dudes who have never asked a question about uh, all of their relationships with Middle Eastern entities and soccer teams 
All of a sudden, they're doing the bidding of the PGA Tour and they are grilling everyone affiliated with the Live Tour over the Saudi Arabia connections. And by the way, they're ignoring the fact that the President of the United States is going to go to Saudi Arabia, kiss the ring, bend the knee, beg for more oil to be produced so we don't have $5 a gallon gas. And they're not going to say a word of criticism for Joe Biden about that. All of these guys, if Saudi Arabia started a brand new sports media company, if the kingdom of Saudi Arabia, which is diversifying into a wide variety of different brands, if they said, hey, we want to have a big sports media company, we want to compete with everybody out there who's writing about sports online, and we want to pay more money than anybody else has been, in order to cover sports from a written perspective. And we will pay every one of you guys sitting in this press conference right now $100,000 more to do the exact same job that you do now to work for us. Do you know what percentage of those sports writers who are right now going after every one of these golfers and everybody who's employed by Liv Do you know what percentage of those sports writers would take the job from the Saudi Arabian media company? Almost 100% of them. Because they would say, show me the money, you show me the money, I'm not going to be too concerned about the people that are cutting my paycheck. So the hypocrisy is galling to me. Okay, And I don't care otherwise. If you are an athlete and you want to show up and you want to lecture me about politics but then you shut up and dribble for China, then I think you should be called out. If you are an athlete or you are a sports organization and you just say, hey, you know what? I don't really care about every single country's laws relative to the United States law. I'm going to make the best decision for me and my family as long as it's legal. I got no problem with it, right? My problem is league hypocrisy. When the NBA says to Charlotte, North Carolina, you can't host the All-Star game because of a transgender bathroom bill, and then they're willing to go to the UAE where gay people can be killed for being publicly gay because the UAE will pay them a lot of money, well, I'm sorry, that hypocrisy deserves to be called out. But if you're the UFC... If you're the live tour, if you are the WWE, if you are willing to go all over the world to put on your events and you say, look, we love America, we love Western Europe, we like the values that exist there, it's where most of our people are based, but it's not our job to tell people in other parts of the world what they can or cannot do in their countries. We're just trying to serve the biggest possible audience. That's not hypocrisy. And if you happen to make more money in that way, more power to you. And again, I'm guaranteeing you that all of those sports writers, I know them. I know they're money-grubbing guys at the depths of their soul. If you gave them $100,000 extra, they would start writing for a Saudi Arabian-owned sports media company in a heartbeat. In fact, if Saudi Arabia really wanted to put them on the spot, they would just put, $100 million into a sports media company and they could go sign up every single one of their critics and they would go and sign the contracts and next thing you know, Saudi Arabia would never come up. That's the truth. 
Finally, I'm headed to the College World Series this weekend. I can't wait. I'm going to go to uh, Tennessee is hosting Notre Dame in the Super Regional. I'm going to take my boys up. We're going to go watch those games. Numbers are out. Uh, The latest numbers from FanDuel on what the overall odds are of winning a title. University of Tennessee is down to plus 160. That means you can almost get the other 15 teams in the College World Series at even odds with Tennessee. Stanford's 5-1. to one. Oregon State's 7-1. to one. Both of those teams, by the way, had to win Monday elimination games in order to advance to the Super Regional. Virginia Tech, 8-1. to one. Texas, 12-1. to one. Louisville, 25-1. to one. UNC, 25-1. to one. Then you got Arkansas, Texas A&M, also at 25-1. to one. It's going to be fun. If you haven't gotten signed up and started to have some fun with college baseball, I feel bad for you because you're missing a really entertaining component of the world of sports. Celtics and the Warriors last night. Uh, A lot of people. Celtics won to go up 2-1. Draymond Green had an awful game. I grabbed this because I thought it was kind of funny. I did watch some of this uh, last night. Draymond Green is the second ever player to foul out with 35 minutes uh, plus minutes of play and two points or fewer in the NBA Finals. He did it last night. Two points, four rebounds, three assists. Bill Lane Beer did it in 1988 as a member of the Detroit Pistons Bad Boys. Draymond Green was getting taunted by the larger crowd there of Boston Celtics fans. And I think Draymond has allowed himself to be captured almost like he's a wrestling heel. And he now is not performing at a very high level as a basketball player because I think the distraction of the persona that he has adopted on the basketball court has now overtaken his talent on the court itself. And I felt watching some of this game last night, not a good performance by Draymond Green, that the crowd got to him uh, and that the Celtics fans were in his head a little bit and that Grant Williams has gotten to him and the Celtics look like a younger, more talented team. Doesn't mean that the Warriors can't come back, But they need Draymond Green to play at an elite level, and last night he was very poor. Uh, And I believe that all of the -the off-the-court shenanigans, all of the -the on-the-court heel uh, turn, all of the fighting and aggressive aggressive behavior, fighting's the wrong word, but the aggressive behavior, uh, the peacocking, for lack of a better term, after so many different plays, the arguing with the officials in a vociferous manner that we're seeing from Draymond Green, I think it's hurting his team. And I believe now that the Boston Celtics are going to go on and win this series probably in six games would be my guess. I think they're going to win a game four on uh, what Friday night. And then I think they'll lose the game back in uh, Golden State, come back, close it out in six. I appreciate all of you. My name is Clay Travis. DBAP unless you need to SBAP. Uh, Appreciate you guys. Go download the Clay and Buck Show next week in New York City. We are having the one-year anniversary party. Yes, it has been a year now since we took over for Rush. Uh, I appreciate all of your support. Love you guys. DBAP unless you need to SBAP.